Welcome back to episode two of Ink and Thread Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Picker and... Angelo Montiel. How's it going, guys? Getting ready for the holidays, um, wrapping up some rush orders, and now we get to focus on bringing value to our friends and colleagues and fans. To follow up on our first episode, Angelo was the guest, and we talked about his upbringing, his journey in the apparel world, Mm -hmm. his conversion over to uh, the Amber way, and then just how he, as a designer, utilizes software and the trends into his design aesthetic. It's a process, it's a learning process, and uh, we're getting better, so. Yeah, starting is, you know, the first step, and, you know, now we just have to refine, but to, to go into today's topic, and it is a trending um, topic in the fashion culture, in casual wear, and it was, there's, there's opinions on both sides of the fence, but Virgil Abloh, um, who is a creative director for Off-White, used to be the creative director of Kanye West, mm-hmm. um, is the creative director now for Louis Vuitton, and our Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton. <laughs> close <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. And he was recently interviewed by Days Magazine, and he talks about how, or they asked, you know, what does he see coming up in the, in, you know, the next decade in 2020. And he talks about how he sees that streetwear is going to die. And, you know, he thinks that it's had its run and it's going to time to move on, which, you know, is causing a lot of controversy. Mm-hmm. But I think it will die in some aspect, but it will resurrect in another aspect. What are your thoughts on what he said? And, you know, you as a fan of street and pop culture, how how do you um, take this whole um, article that he talked about? Yeah, let's not forget he uh, he took a break from creation. Uh, he's He's been uh, off the grid or kind of taking a break from from his you know creative process, which I totally understand. As a creator, you need space and time to think of your next move. So, I, I, that 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 was something cool for you know for me to see that even you know the the big creators out there uh, take you know their their time to uh, come up with the next move. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's um, to- definitely the top of the food chain for the last few years. For sure. Um, you know, with all of his collaborations and his taking those normal t-shirt price points up about 10 15 times uh-huh, like yeah. he's created this whole new industry um within the luxury space but do you do you agree with them or disagree with them or w- what is your take on that bold statement that streetwear is gonna die i mean i fashion is kind of goes in and out up and down i definitely feel like those you know simple streetwear looks are kind of getting uh, a little played out, played out <laughs> kind of boring goodness. everyone's doing them big companies on you know they're 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 copying those styles and they're they're you know making their own uh, trying to get that you know uh, that I guess market share out of out of you know out of the industry and uh, I think it's time to move on and let those real streetwear companies 
uh, take over and, and, and let them do what they do best. Yeah, I, I just uh, read an article uh, from Bobby Hundreds of the Hundreds, and he, you know, everyone was asking him what he thought about it, and he was like, I hope it dies, you know, <laughs> because he basically took the streetwear market and then took it to luxury brands, and Bobby Hundreds was like, I'm excited for that trend to move on, so real streetwear brands can start capitalizing on streetwear again, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. The market share was stolen by a lot of the luxury brands yeah. and leaving these hustlers, you know, these small brands that haven't been grinding out for 10, 20 years, mm -hmm. you know, you know, left with fighting these big boys. And so I thought that was that was like very mature of him to be like, you know, cool, like leave so we can we can kind of grow for sure grow again i guess because i don't see streetwear going anywhere because it's a cultural thing it's mm -hmm. a it's a lifestyle you know community even though you know suburb suburban kids are are into the streetwear game the the anti the anti-establishment brands are always going to be there, you know? And so I think that gives kind of a, a stage for those type of brands to express themselves, you know, on a larger scale. I agree. I mean, you see these, you know, big, big, like real big companies copy styles and copy trends and, and just kind of follow what's hot. And I think they're, yeah, like you say, they're, they're, they're getting kind of uh, bored and they're kind of saturating the market. So it's time for them to move on onto stealing the next uh, the next look so well i saw you know there's on instagram a lot of creators they would you know small makers that they have an etsy shop and they're selling enamel pins or patches or you know cute designs and then you see zara and h&m ripping their designs almost like exact and mm -hmm. it's just crazy that these big organizations they have the money it's just super lazy you know i know the money is um, or the almighty dollar is a lot of these corporations focus, but that's just lazy, man. Like yeah. you can afford original creative artwork yeah. and you decide, oh, because this person's design's trending, let's just completely cop it. They're small. We'll crush them. Mm -hmm. You know, by the time we sell, you know, a million, couple million dollars worth of that design, we get a cease and desist, whatever. For so sure. it's, it's sad that they should be leading the way but nowadays you know they're copying their way <laughs> i know it's crazy and i think virgil goes into talking about how the next phase is going to be kind of upcycled or throwback style so like these fashion houses are going to look into their archives and and kind of reimagine some of their collections but then also they see you know people want People want to have this unique individual style, and so buying mass market products, even on the luxury space, you know, doesn't necessarily define them. So, you know, that would be a huge hit for big luxury brands in retail if more people go the vintage route. But while that might be a trend, I don't see that necessarily being mainstream because people are lazy. They want you to tell them what, what to, to wear. wear, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean. And then you see it out there so much where these vintage collect, you know, collectors have these amazing collections of, you know, the the vintage Ralph and the vintage Tommy, 
and uh, then you see their the actual brand like Ralph getting in touch with them for their collections because they they don't have that that big of a collection of their own vintage pieces. Interesting. You know, I was I was watching my my dude Sean Witherspoon, and he has an amazing Ralph Lauren collection, and it's it's just I'm and I'm 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 so glad because I'm all into all that. So it's kind of cool to see people how. how when they mix uh, the new pieces with the vintage pieces and they create their own looks and they make that unique uh, statement. Yeah, you're not gonna get who who wore it better, you know? You're not gonna be this guy has this look and this guy has this look, you know, it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you see on the runway, they're like, when women wear the same exact dress, that, you know, it, who it wore creates it an uproar. Yeah. yeah, who wore it better, but you know, I think, the, the the foresight of some people like I don't have I, I've never had that vision of like I'm gonna collect you know that I think you have to be a very patient person mm -hmm. to collect and not wear or just keep over time like I remember I had my dad's old baseball cards and it was like Sandy Koufax and Ma Mickey Mantle and all these awesome cards and he gave them to me and we went to a card show back when I was 12 or 13 and I was trying to get enough money to go visit my brother in California. And I was like, all right, I need enough to buy a, a ticket. Uh -huh. And I had all these cards and this guy, and I don't know where my dad was. He just let me go. <laughs> but I went outside with this, these two older gentlemen and they were like talking, oh, I want to buy that, that, and that. Let me go to the ATM and I'll be back. And so me and my buddy were like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. He wanted $50 for this. And and then he comes back and he hands me the $50 and he's like, thanks, man. And he was going to grab all of them. And I was like, what do you mean? I thought you wanted 50 for that one and that one. He's like, no, I meant for the whole collection. Oh, man. And I was gullible and ignorant. And I really wanted to go see my bro brother. And I sold him all these amazing oh, baseball man. cards. For basically 50 or 60 dollars and that guy you know he took advantage of a kid man it was like that's that's brutal up. but yeah. you know these guys that are collecting things from ralph lauren 10 15 years ago or even you know when it hasn't been popular they're like going out and setting up these pieces like when i go to a thrift store i'm like okay if i see something cool i'll grab it but i've never been the one to you know search online i'm gonna get this piece mm -hmm. um but now StockX and you know all these websites that are specifically marketplaces for this vintage stuff yeah so it's pretty awesome that these big brands are going to you know sean witherspoon's not necessarily small but there's plenty of other collectors out there that are just dudes and girls in there you know they're just one man teams mm -hmm. that are fans of it and they're going to use these to to inspire the future yeah. seeing yeah. what the current audience that finds it cool what they see cool about it and they're going to try to bring it back so kind of going on these trends and i recently wrote an article in screen print magazine talking about what i have seen or what i see that is going to be trending in 2020 not only with garment um in casual wear specifically but also um decoration and you know for those of you that aren't familiar with what decoration means, you know, a lot of people are only familiar with screen printing or embroidery, mm -hmm. but there's so many other options within those, um, within that decoration style for apparel um, that no people don't utilize. And so I wrote this article wanting to help people not only in our industry, but help their clients come up with something that's a little more fashion forward and trendy. And so 
going into what is trending. You know, fashion's always kind of changing and most people aren't going to be able to keep up with it. You know, that's why fast fashion became a thing is they're like the more collections we release to people, the more they're going to buy, the more they're going to consume. You know, at the end of the day, it's a business. Very few brands are focused on of the sustainability, like saving Mother Earth. They only end up doing that when they get enough flack from other organizations. But what, you know, what is trending is set a precedence. You know, the big, the, the big trend agencies are, are starting trends, you know, two, three years in advance. And um, according to uh, Fashion Insider Magazine, they talk about, you know, the, the, the forecasting agencies they're, they're looking into future trends is not just limited to, you know, colors of materials for the next couple of years, but they're trying to go into the lifestyles and buying habits, you know, of, of the consumer and what they see, you know, the, 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 what they see the consumer and their desires of, you know, what's valuable now, but what are they going to buy in the, in the future? So like companies like WGSN, Trendspot, Stylist, they are the, the forecasting agencies for these big brands. And then everything from there kind of trickles down um, to the masses. And so when us were in the custom apparel market, very few of the brands in this industry are the trendsetters. You know, most of them are, are coming out with what these forecasting agencies are setting out. You know, very, mm -hmm. some, some brands are taking that street style and they become a trendsetter, but most people aren't the trendsetter. And so when we are looking at our industry, because our industry is usually a few seasons behind, some are a year behind, if yeah. not more, is how do we how do we take these, these trends that these big fashion houses create and bring them into our industry? So I know we talked a little bit uh, last last episode about the trends. You personally, how what do you use to to you know kind of not only trend research but you what do you how is your design style influenced by those trends? What you know what is your process and all that? Mm -hmm. I like to uh, do research online. Uh, read magazines, uh, definitely keep my eye out on the streets, you know, whatever I go downtown or e even to the mall, I like to see what trends are coming in slowly and which ones are kind of going out. Uh, you as a, as a, as a creative designer, you have that, you have to build that eye to pay attention to those small little trends that you kind of see, uh, you know, picking up steam. And I think a lot of people are, they're almost scared of trend research because what if, you know, they're not creative or they don't have this, this taste level or this eye that, you know, you have developed over the years. And so there's kind of four things that I put together in this article uh, to help people figure out like, where do you start? How, how do you start taking these trends to adapt to your basically customer whether if you're in our industry your customer is the people 
buying the merch who is selling it to the end consumer or if you're a brand you're selling it direct to the end consumer how do you how do you not just put a design on a shirt but how do you actually take these trends into into consideration mm -hmm. so the first one would be blogs and social media accounts that focus on the trends yeah. you know it's really simple as find trend forecasting Instagram accounts or mm -hmm. these big companies or find these influencers that are working on street style. That's a, a, a quick way to see what these people are, you know, curating as far as what they are seeing on the street and what might be coming, you know, down the pipeline. Yep. And number two would be Pinterest. You know, I think Pinterest is definitely valuable in in trend research, it's one of my favorite, and you know, you know, yeah. me and you are constantly sharing images we find and creating these boards for future projects, whether it's now or you know next year. Mm -hmm. We're building this library internally based on our taste, based on what we see, to you know influence our customers and then you know the end consumers' garment pieces. What is, how long have you been on Pinterest and, you know, is, is that your main, is that one of your main ones or, you know, would it be in the top three or five or? I think it's definitely on the top three, uh, Pinterest. I've been on Pinterest for, uh, man, I want to say six, maybe six years. It's cool that you can keep adding more reference to them, you know, throughout the years. And it, it's just a great arsenal to have. And, uh, Instagram is, is, it's also on my my top three uh and the third one is probably uh i'm really into hypebeast they they really uh keep up with you know fashion and uh streetwear shoes i'm i'm a i'm a big shoe guy so sure. um music we're gonna, we're pop culture post a picture of uh your yeezys um at the end of the podcast right so on <laughs> you have very good taste in shoes thanks appreciate it um, with the Pinterest. So for those of you that don't have the time to get on Pinterest or, you know, you're not very active, we're going to put a link um, in the comments uh, with kind of my top three boards being specialty ink and heat transfer board, the applique board, and then embroidery board. Those are three great ones to be inspired by, you know, screen printing embroidery are, are the two main decorations. And so being able to see what other what's possible again flat screen print basic plastic salt screen print is entry level you know while it can be effective and the consumer might not even know the difference they will notice if that print is elevated or mm -hmm. unique textures are used or uh you know raised ink or you know specialty embroidery or applique like people will notice those details you know they don't if it if they like the design that's cool but again my goal is to get people to really appreciate everything you know that goes into that garment so i'll link those so for those of you um that don't have the time just piggyback off of my pinterest boards because they're pretty amazing i'm constantly updating them yeah um we have a great one that we're going to be using i feel like a lot in 2020 and we'll get more into that in this podcast about decoration and garment trends for for the rest of the year but um yeah you know find out who your customer is know their kind of style or even ask those questions too because i'm sure everyone has different audiences for the brands you know they probably have a specific look 
but for you know people in our industry their customers run the gamut so making asking those questions what is your style what we know the marketplace but the end client knows who their audience is mm -hmm. knows you know the clothes that they're wearing or the style they are so asking those questions are really important you know another one would be industry magazines yep. um, for people in our industry, but also brands like find out what's trending before your competitor, you know, finds out about that. So the magazines, the, the, the resources that um, manufacturers in our industry put together are, are important to help you curate your line. And then, like you said earlier, the, the trip to the mall, mm -hmm. you know, we wrote an article it was earlier in the year about how I take our team to the mall. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do that is one, to get out of the office and get away <laughs> from the, the screen, but to go into Abercrombie, American Eagle, Lucky, um, Nordstrom's, Urban Outfitters, Levi's, you know, all the different brands and see is, you know, what are they using not only as far as design, but also decoration processes and so our last trip to the mall i feel was very valuable yeah. we should, i don't think we have utilized our market research at least to the public we have internally but we haven't shared that and maybe that's something we can do in mm -hmm. q1 to we should because it's still going to be relevant to most circles but what were a couple of the trends that we just saw at our last trip to the mall that you would either like to integrate for our design for our customers or you know for people to jump on that um would separate them i'm uh i'm a big fan of uh textures and uh distress so that's my that's my top choice uh um i'm also into hd ink which is high density ink it uh it, it gives you this type of dimension that is unique and uh it's different from puffing but it's 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 a real cool treatment and uh i know it's a difficult one you know yeah. a lot of a lot of printers uh can achieve that because you know it, it takes a lot of knowledge because you're building up that you know you're building up that print mm -hmm. and you know if it's not cured right if the ink mixture is not right it's not going to have that clean effect if super dry is one of my favorite brands not right. necessarily aware but the inspiration they are doing every decoration process you can think of and a lot of it can't be achieved domestically you know a lot of it's happening in mass volume overseas but mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of things you can take from them in hd they utilize hd and a lot of cool you know in their active wear and even their preppy looks they they are utilizing the hd inks yeah. um anything else that you that stands out from what you saw you know that that's kind of consistent with other brands yeah amongst all the brands i see uh a trend that's kind of moving in um i'm uh i'm kind of curious about it uh especially because i'm a i'm a illustrator so i know there's machines coming to the market that do direct to garment and uh i'm i'm kind of curious on how i can push that print how i can push my illustration and uh that's that's you know something that's coming up and I'm I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, one of our partners, Danny, he he uh, talked about this on the article. It's hybrid, so like mm -hmm. I've never been a fan of DTG. I don't think the feel is awesome. You know, I it's 
it can only work on specific garments, but the technology is growing. DTG is the direct to garment mm -hmm. where these hybrids are, you can basically screen print the underbase so you can get it not as thick. You don't have to necessarily treat it like you do DTG, but then you can get these full color images yeah. like with, I mean, HD, like high, not high density, but high definition detail, yeah, yeah. you know, with a million colors and the flexibility for brands to say, all right, we have this one silhouette and we can create different looks and different styles with one graphic. And it's basically can all be set up digitally instead mm -hmm. of creating screens for each one. For sure. I mean, doing SEPs for your own designs is possibly one of the most uh, time consuming and uh, just difficult to to master. So if I can skip, you know, making steps, um, I'm all in. I would like to test out, you know, my my design uh, skills with with DTG. Okay. So getting into some of the garment trends for 2020, um, this last year, custom dyes, um, custom washes and treatments have been popular. You could. You know, Taylor Swift, Kanye West, the Fresh Prince, you could, they're all using these custom dyes in, in different ways and they are the trendsetters. So even though it's been going on in, in, in retail, I feel like those trends are going to trickle down still this year to to different brands. Did um, What did you think real quick on the Kanye uh, um Sunday service merchandise. What was your initial thought when you saw that? I mean, I'm a Kanye fan, so uh, most of the stuff he does, I'm a fan of. I thought it was pretty cool, pretty creative. I mean, you're bringing that religious side to fashion, and I, I, I think it's fair game. I'm, I'm a fan, especially right. those. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you? <laughs> What garments did he print on, and would you spend three hundred dollars on that garment? <laughs> First of all, I would not spend three hundred dollars on a garment that he, uh, he that he was selling because I can probably make my own uh, a little better. Uh, and not on a Gildan shirt. Not on a Gildan shirt. Yeah. That's but, I, I, again. I feel like all because you can doesn't mean you should. I feel that's lazy, and I feel like that doesn't respect the buyer man even mm -hmm. though it'll sell out like it's cool whatever but I, I appreciate those brands that care about their audience and this line that he put out I just I I, I feel like it's a hundred percent like money driven uh -huh. just because uh -huh. not only the quality of that blank garment that we know but also the the ethical side of the supply chain that you know, Gildan has, has gotten in a lot of trouble on how they treat their workers. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, when you race to the bottom, some, the, usually the manufacturer, the, the factory is the one that suffers. I'm not going to, that's a whole nother topic we'll talk about. <laughs> it's a whole different episode. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the lines by these major artists using, they see something right there. They're, they're seeing these trends. They are bringing it to the masses even more so than a lot of these brands are. Mm -hmm. And then um, Fresh Prince, some of his shirts had the hyper color, like yes. the, the color shifting inks. Do you, do you think people will, will start using that in their lines or do you think it's only for, you know, kind of specific brands that have a big platform? I think they will. Uh, 
when you're creating a line you need to add you know a couple of pieces that are just so unique and that are gonna start you know grabbing people's attention and uh, I think those are it I mean those you know hybrid colors and the and the holographic ink and all that stuff it's it's so cool that it's you gotta use it you you know brands definitely gotta start paying attention and start using those cool cool prints and the tough part is finding the people who can actually execute that and yeah. that's you know i think a lot of people default because the local printer isn't educating them to what's possible and they're not trying to to push the boundaries you know a manufacturer you need to keep your machines running to mm -hmm. to be profitable and all these other specialty while it's cool it's hard to make a profit, you know, it's hard to make it lucrative. And so that's, I think the biggest, the biggest hurdle for smaller brands is how can they get these things done without investing a ton of money in inventory and doing cut and sew and going overseas? How can they create quicker collections that are with the trends, you know, what, what is showing big in retail, but again, the, the execution with their manufacturers, I think is gonna be the tough part. Yeah, I agree. And then a few more um, garment trends that uh, I'm seeing. And then Angela, if there's any that stand out to you from my list or something you wanna add, please feel free. One, another one is color block garments and rugby style sh stripes. So. I recently put out a little a mini trim report of the rugby look mm -hmm. and a lot of big brands are doing it. It's great for the fall winter. So by the time, you know, people get this podcast, you know, it might be for the next fall and winter, but especially the rugby long sleeves, it's usually a heavier weight cotton, um, you know, a, a, just a thicker vibe or thicker fabric, I think mm -hmm. works well. And then the color blocking, color blocking basically you have a block of blue and then maybe a stripe of green and then the sleeves are red. So um, I think those type of garments I've been seeing a lot in, in major retail. Another one would be like all over pattern prints mm -hmm. on button up shirts. So Interesting. Um, not only kind of the Hawaiian style or golf style, but I've seen a lot of brands just having a lot of fun with all over patterns, whether it's mm -hmm. like hot dogs or you know, a bear surfing, you know, having that all over in it. Again, those are cut and sew, um, but it's a, how can you take that popularity and integrate it into your line? And yep. then I've seen the oversized drop shoulder tees and hoodies. So while streetwear might be going out for the luxury, I, I feel like that, um, that unisex look where women can wear, you know, these baggy shirts and then, you know, men that are wearing not necessarily overly baggy, but just a little more uh, relaxed of a fit. Yeah. I see that, you know, still being popular. Um, my buddy Scott, who you recently met, mm -hmm. he works for big brands that are in Zoomies and he's creating this French Terry short sleeve fleece. Cool. Because in California, you don't get much of a winter. So having that transitional piece from winter to summer, you have your short sleeves, so even if it's warm outside, you're still getting some draft and you know some breathability, but keeping you slightly warm because it does get windy and you know the, the wind coming off the ocean gets chilly at times. So having this short sleeve fleece, I think, is a cool in between, and I could see that making its way to Colorado where we are because it gets cooler, but we do have all four seasons where you know people could have that transitional piece 
you know, before it gets too cold or before the summer hits. For sure. And then my last is seeing the Henleys, mm-hmm. short sleeve, long sleeve. Henleys are basically, you know, where the collar has two or three um, buttons. You know, I think um, old prospector, you know, thermal underwear, you know, comes <laughs> yeah. to mind when, when that Henley look, but it's being converted into t-shirts and long sleeves and dress shirts. So having that, that Henley, I think dressing it up a little bit, but then screen printing and, and bringing it a little more casual, mm-hmm. you know, than, than more business attire. That's what I'm kind of seeing um, in the marketplace. And then for you, what do you, what do you see growing or losing steam with uh, garment trends um, in 2020? I, I mean, you you explain you know the you nailed it on the on the styles i mean i think those are strong i see brands like uh those traditional brands like champion russell carhartt uh dickies dickies i i see those brands real strong for 2020 and uh i mean i'm wearing a uh Russell crew and I, I I have you know multiple champions and Carhartt I'm a I'm a big fan of Carhartt and uh, I think those are you know definitely gonna be strong for 2020 yeah and I think there's gonna be old brands that are finally catch like that are gonna get resurrected I know mm-hmm. Gary V bought K-Swiss or yeah. invested in K-Swiss to bring that brand up you know, I've seen Fila, I've seen Kappa. Yeah. Kappa is like a European brand, mainly for soccer. For soccer, yeah. But yeah. they're bringing in this kind of active wear, kind of streetwear vibe. Um, so yeah, I think you know the the run might not be as long. I mean, Champion's killing it. Like when we went to yeah. the mall, we saw Champion in PacSun, in Urban Outfitters, in Nordstroms. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, business is good for Champion. Absolutely. We we did notice each store had their own collection like a champion collection which is really unique Complete uh, different styles yeah yeah different styles different colorways different prints uh i thought it was really unique i i never seen it before so good for champion yeah right. i think a lot of brands want to be so in their aesthetic um that you know they're not necessarily open to other aspects but these collaborations that are becoming more and more popular it opens you up not only to a new audience because again, retail is is brutal. Mm-hmm. The more you can diversify your collection, but still stay true to your aesthetic, I think it's a win-win for for both brands, and it gives you a little bit more of creative freedom mm-hmm. to go beyond what your core audience loves, yep. but bring in those little thing, little details that they do love into someone else's creative perspective. Um, I, I see the collaborations just growing and growing. And it's it's really interesting because I remember buying Champion at Walmart yeah. when I was a kid, right? So Yeah, you weren't it, cool if you just yeah. had Russell and Champion. And Champion. <laughs> if, yeah, if you wore that, then you're kind of made fun of. But yeah. now it's in the mall and super expensive and all these collabs are just getting cool and cooler. It's it's interesting. I like it. Yeah, our, we just recently got on TikTok, or I did, Angelo did too. We haven't done one for the business just because I don't think I think the platform's a little too um, too new for kind of business brands even though there are some brands on there but um, Kevin who is videoing this and on the audio hey Kevin hope you're not bored yet awesome (laughs) so Kevin uh, put together this TikTok um, that we talked about champion and 
how they made a screen print look like applique. And most of our posts were getting 150 to 300 views. And a couple hours after, after he posted it on TikTok, I looked at the views and it was like 1100. And I was like, Are you, is that right? Like, that seems crazy. Cause again, we were only getting a few hundred views and I looked at it 10 minutes later and it was at 2200. <laughs> and then I looked at it, you know, an hour later and it was at 3400 and it, uh, it got viral. So yeah. <laughs> we're at over 80,000 views right now. And we posted it over a week ago, right, Kevin? Like last still, Thursday. So the organic reach on TikTok, everyone thinks, you know, it's just for teenage kids to dance or lip sync. I think there's so much more opportunity. Mm -hmm. And we obviously got on because, you know, Gary vee has been pushing it. Um, but we, we saw, you know, on Instagram, we've never had more than you know, maybe 120 views on our biggest post and we have 1200 followers. TikTok, we only had 13 followers at the time. Now we have over 50 and we got 900 likes and it was just basically the champion was the very first image in the picture. So I think that trend yep. helped, you know, catapult that I to did. viral status. <laughs> I can see how influencers, you know, get so hyped up on their likes because it was fun you know i was refreshing every five minutes but that means you know it's getting in front of a ton of eyes which it's free platform so yeah. for those of you that are um, looking for a unique way to get your brand out there and it's not going to be conventional you're not going to be able to sell to people people are going to see through that but show your personality show behind the scenes you know we we showed you know our our company parties or or us just talking in our meetings like show who you are it's a great platform to have fun and give a personality to your brand yeah i agree it's it's almost like people want to see the raw form of of you know who you are instead of being the the pretty post on instagram you're just real you're right? just real raw. You're, it, yeah you're a real person and you're just doing work or you know talking with your with your team and you know people want to see that yeah and posts that are more authentic i think get better views i think people are yeah. like oh that's that's produced so um yeah go check it out the last point today we want to kind of talk about decoration trends for 2020 and this is going to be for those people who are looking to elevate their brand to have something a little more unique than that basic screen print taking in what major retail is showing us that obviously if they are using it in their line, they've been planning that line for a year or two. So there's something there that is is causing them to bring that into their line, which may, should make everyone be like, all right, how can I integrate that into my line? Not all processes are gonna fit your vibe or style, but there's so many out there besides basic embroidery and screen printing that you can utilize to elevate your merch. So a few more points and I'm gonna kind of name them off and then you can come back and you know talk about the ones that you might uh, like or um, see trending as well. Tone on tone printing and embroidery. You know, I think this year we've seen a lot of brands doing that. Yep. It's such a subtle way, but a very interesting way because it's not in your face. It's not a bold graphic. It basically looks like part of the graphic or part of the garment, mm -hmm. but it's super subtle. Um, and, you know, 
as far as cost is concerned, we can cr create a, either one color, you know, corporate logo print in bright white, or you can take that logo and do a tonal. It's gonna be the same price, maybe even cheaper, because you're not always gonna have to use an underbase, and it's gonna look cooler, whoever that cool is relevant, mm -hmm. but or cool is relative. Um, but you know, that tone on tone is super popular in my eyes. Uh, multiple and unique location prints. We started seeing this a lot in the in the streetwear world. I think it'll still have a little bit of a run because the more area like the more creativity the more locations you have like the more creativity in the design you can do now it, it takes your garment up a bit more pricey which you might have to sell it for more but having those unique locations and not the unique locations we were talking about last week like yep. the side print mm -hmm. but sleeves chest back left chest inside you know that garment that we've uh we saw from lucky brand they printed a whole story in it a whole graphic on the inside neck tag so like think creatively don't just screen print your logo in size like utilize that space as another thing to talk to your your fans mm -hmm. when they put that shirt on no one else is going to see it but that wear when they put it on in the morning they're going to see you know it could even say you're gonna have a great day today or you're you look good you know something mm -hmm. that it encourages your buyer and makes them happy already when they're wearing your garment i think yeah. it can go a long way embossing and fleece i've seen it you know specialty brands do it here and there it's now becoming a thing you could get it domestically a couple places but it's mainly overseas and embossing is out so when you think of it debossing is down embossing is up and out so the embossing being able to give a graphic and a in a look without screen printing or embroidery it, it, it it's part of the garment it's just that garment is raised it's a really cool look multimedia using screen print with appliques and patchwork so you know using um your background as a screen print and then sewing a patch or sewing you know a letter over it to give some dimension mm -hmm. and then metallic accents is what i've been seeing a lot do you want to talk a little bit more about some of those print yeah to talk more about some of those decoration options yeah of course or, uh, sorry go in and talk about some of those decoration trends yeah of course uh tone and tone is it's one of my uh favorites i mean that especially if you use the the correct ink uh you can give that uh you can give a look to every print uh, especially if you use the correct ink you can make the logo or design look different on, on several on several garment colors uh it'll it'll take some of the actual fabric and you know fabric color and kind of add its own spin to it and uh, so kind of like tints the ink yeah, basically correct. without yeah tinting it like yeah. physically for sure it, i mean it has the um some opacity so it'll it'll look great but it'll show that that garment color and it'll create this unique look and i, um, I don't think people share this with the the, the buyer because again price is relative like you know people base all oh, one color print quote me on that but a one color print and a one color print done well 
you know, is going to have a very different impact on how people wear it and yeah. buy it. And so, you know, taking those several colors, there's going to be no extra markup. So you're going to now have five different shirts with, it looks like five different color treatments mm -hmm. because it's tonal. And now you can test the market to see which is going to sell better. And yep. then you know, go all in on that. But I think it gives you a lot of flexibility and it's soft, right? It's yeah, gonna, yeah. it's gonna be a really soft print. Um, so yeah, we're big fans of that. You know, I know we'll be probably utilizing that tonal embroidery mm -hmm. and puff embroidery on a lot of our garments in 2020. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited. And uh, just, you know, something to tell the creators out there, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Uh, specialty ink is is usually heavy. You know, it's it's a heavy hand. It's expensive, and it's it can make or break your shirt. So sure. just gotta be 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 careful of how much you use it. And yeah, no I, solid blocks, like correct. no thick fills, because mm -hmm. it's yeah, your the wear will fill it on yeah. the inside. I always go for a save. You know, twenty to thirty percent of specialty ink uh, that'll give you that nice pop, but uh, it won't. It won't give you a shield on your chest. Yes, we are <laughs> anti-shields uh, <laughs> snobs here. You know, I think at the end of the day, how do you take learn? You know, learning from the trends and apply it to your clients? Because at the end of the day, a cool shirt that no one wears misses the mark. So while we're saying, you know, we see this as being cool and creative, again, you have to think of the whole cohesive line of you know, for your customer, even if it's one shirt, like why is someone gonna wear that shirt outside of that event or in the future? We talked about it yesterday, or we talked about it last episode, is getting your garment sold is one thing, but you want people to wear it over and over again. Because mm -hmm. again, it, it that's what builds your brand, yeah. you know? That you'll get more credibility from actual people wearing it than any Facebook or Instagram ads could ever yeah. do. Yeah, and us uh, as you know, the creative designers, we are trying to give you the best uh, sellable you know garment. So if you hear our advice, yeah, you should take it because we kind of know what we're doing, uh, and we want those reorders. We want your stuff to sell, and you we want your clients to be happy. So absolutely, we'll always be politely opinionated. We wouldn't be who we are if we just took the client's direction. A lot of companies are just order takers. Like they need to put the minimal time into a project and you tell me, give me a design, we'll print it, you pick a garment. But we wanna look at it more holistically, like the decoration, the design, the garment, and really what is your audience gonna like. And so, you know, at the end of the day, if the client thinks what they know best, and then, you know, we'll support them with it. But we wouldn't be that valuable company if we're not giving you our opinion. And again, it's not just my opinion based on my taste, it's my opinion based on what I see in the marketplace and the thousands of other projects that we're producing to give you, give you that experience, you know, for free. And so when people are like, you know, your shirts are a little more expensive than the guy down the street. And we're like, yeah, but you're only basing it off of that print on a shirt. You're not looking at what comes with it, that experience that we are for our clients. And then we work with our vendors to make sure they execute. And, you know, I think in 2020, you know, a lot of middle, middle men or middle companies 
will be eliminated because a lot of the printers and manufacturers are getting a little more savvy and they're helping their customers. So you have to bring value to that customer. And again, trends, design, development, that is what is gonna separate you from giving a, cl a client a catalog and say, tell me what you want. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, uh, we do it all for your good. Uh, we just wanna make you look good and you know, we we do our best and uh, yeah, listen to our, our opinions. <laughs> yep, well thanks Angelo, I appreciate your time today. I hope our listeners uh, can find value in this and please comment below, let us know if you wanna know more about the trends that we're talking about. We're happy to um, send you links to different articles and um, some visual images. We're gonna put the link to my Pinterest account um, in the comments. And again, at the end of the day, we wanna help you create a, a sellable, wearable garment based on you, what your audience is seeing. Again, everyone has different styles and cool is relative, but those end wearers are gonna be influenced by what they're seeing in the mall and what they're seeing online. So how can you piggyback off of those trends and bring it into your brand and your style to create the perfect garment? Yep. Thank you. This is Jeremy with Amber Creative. This is Angela Montiel. And fashion to the people. <laughs>